Alright, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, October 4th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And what a huge weekend, Pat. This was this was so awesome. So awesome. I mean, you the the listeners probably could tell just in the it's me Pat that there is an extra pep in the BO Boys step after the opening weekend of Venom, Let There Be Carnage. They, they, this is, this is uh, you know what, this is a celebration. So get, get ready to join us for a celebration episode. But you know what, before we celebrate, we plow. Mm-hmm. So here we mm-hmm. go. Number one, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, $90 million. Wowie, wow, wow. F- first place. Number two, The Adams Family 2. $17.3 million in its first weekend. Number three, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, 6.1, a drop of 53%. In its, in its fifth frame, it is now sitting at $206 million. Number four, The Many Saints of New York, uh, a.k.a. Sopranos movie, million in its first weekend. And then number five, Dear Evan Hansen, $2.4 million, down 67%. In its second frame, it is sitting at $11.8 million. That is your top five. Wow. Wow. I mean, just some other things out of the top five. Free Guy is now up to $117.8 million. Candyman at $58 million. So it... It made 1.2 this weekend, so it looks like it'll definitely get itself over 60. That is a very successful film, Candyman. Absolutely. And Jungle Cruise is up to 116, 703,000. So I don't think 120 domestic is going to be in the cards for Jungle Cruise, unless they really just let it stay out there forever, which I don't think they can with all the big movies coming out the next couple of months. So I think Jungle Cruise is not going to hit 120, but still... A big success. So, I mean, do we just go to the main event, the the number one movie? I mean, is it do do we let the carnage begin, Clay? We have to let there be carnage because this was a film that we were hoping was going to be big. We, if you listen last week, last week we talked to Jeff Bach of Exhibitor mm-hmm. Relations Co. Mm-hmm. and the three of us all agreed that Venom w- was going to be the biggest domestic opener of at least October because you got a bunch of big movies coming out in October and man I don't think any of us called 90 you you were thinking a in the 80s I was along the lines of what Sony was saying that it was going to be in the 70s but man it did 90 and that's huge it did 90 which is big for so many reasons first of all the the first Venom movie, which came out in what twenty eighteen, I believe right? so. That movie made eighty million dollars in its opening three day weekend. So this made ninety. So what this shows is this Venom, Let There Be Carnage, did on the high end of what they would have hoped this movie would have done in any time. You know, we keep still having to say COVID time or post-pandemic time, whatever. But this movie did what you always would hope it would have done in that because the first Venom was so well-liked, 
this became a breakout sequel. And it, it, it I mean, I think the big takeaway that we're going to talk about this week, and we've got some listeners who have who have echoed the same thoughts, is that this show's box office, it's we've said it's back so many times, but box office is where we we always hoped it would get to where it's always been in that people want to go, people are excited to go, and people will go at the highest levels that they've ever gone. Mm-hmm. You know, this movie making 90 is is showing that there is no ceiling for what movies could do going forward. Yeah. And, and theatrical is alive and well. Yep. Yep. And and uh, I want to say something really quick because I, I feel vindicated it. by by these numbers. I feel vindicated mm-hmm. by the people who are going out and seeing movies in the theaters because you hear a lot of people saying streaming is the future. Theaters are going to die. People, it's going to the theater sucks. It's a bad experience. It's uncomfortable. Here's what I want to tell these people. Okay. Anytime you take a step out of your door and Mm -hmm. into the world, there's going to be a level of discomfort, Mm -hmm. right? Connecting with other human beings, being in rooms with other human beings, being a collective. There are, there are things that are painful about that, but it is worth it. It is worthwhile. Okay. Because me and you and our friend TBD Mm -hmm. went and saw Mm -hmm. this film, let there be carnage. Mm-hmm. On a Thursday night showing. Mm-hmm. And we were in a wrapped house. These, there was not, you could hear a pin drop. Unless, except for when there were jokes and people were laughing, people were excited, people were having fun. They were respecting the theatrical experience. Yep. And we all collectively got to see this film and then see that great stinger at the end. Oh, uh, what that, a stinger. And to be in the room with other people, strangers, and having that collective experience of seeing that stinger, that end credit sequence, we were all, holy crap. And if you're sitting at home and you're watching that on on a downloaded version and the only connection you are making with other people during it is, is seeding your torrent... That is not film going. That is no. not the experience of watching a movie. What we did is an experience of watching a movie. Yeah. And so it cannot that, be replicated. Those laughs it, together cannot be replicated. No. That that disgust at some of the 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 gnarly, slimy, tonguey aspects of Venom. You can't replicate that being by yourself. And yeah, the stinger cannot be replicated by watching it at home and then tweeting out, hey, what about that stinger in Venom? It's not the same as watching it in that theater and there's a few people getting up and you're like, hey, there's going to be a stinger. And they're like, oh, cool. And then they're like, thanks for the heads up, man. You know, and they're sitting down and watching the stinger and we're all watching and gasping collectively that is the theatrical experience, and that is why $90 million worth of tickets were sold this weekend, despite remnants of a pandemic, despite all the oh, theaters are smelly and stinky, and you know, what if I step on a nail in the movie? Whatever complaints people have. 
You, you could know, walk across the street and step on a nail. You could walk across the street and step on a nail. You could step on a nail in your own house. You, who's who's checking their own floorboards every day for nails? You know, you're more around. likely to step step on a nail in your own house, actually. Right, right, right. There's definitely more nails in houses than there are in movie theaters, for sure. For sure. And, and I'm not saying that theaters can't improve. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not uh, no. saying that there aren't issues with the way they're projected and certain things like that. I'm saying the collectiveness of being with strangers and enjoying something for the first time together cannot be replicated, just like you said. And that will never die. That will never die. No, no. And streaming can't give you that. No. And, and listen, and, and, and yeah, don't come out of saying oh, we're shills for the theaters. Theaters are perfect. And listen to these episodes. Well documented. Well documented. All of the B.O. boys critiques of movie theater culture and, and all the, the suggestions for how they have to improve. Well documented on the show. So yes, shills. We are not. We are not. And we've, of course, talked about how the theatrical window needs to shrink, get it to streaming quicker, all that. But. Venom now, I mean, the, another big thing about Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, much like with Shang-Chi, much like with Free Guy, it's a movie that is does not have a day and date streaming aspect. Yeah, This right now is theatrical only. Will it go to a, a streamer in a shorter time than, say, the first Venom went to? Possibly, though I, I'm not sure of the the streaming plans for this movie. I don't think they've announced any kind of streaming date. So this no. is another movie that... You couldn't watch at home on opening day. And we're all for shrunk, shrunken windows. It's, 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 uh, you can't have the 90 day windows or the, the, this 110 day window that Christopher Ugh. Nolan's getting for his uh, uh, Oppenheimer movie. Those are ridiculous. But I think what we're seeing is very clear don't do day and date theatrical and home release. Give some kind of theatrical window and and force people's hands a little bit. If you want to see it opening day, you get your butt to a theater. Yes. Now, I, there's so the first Venom opened to you said 80. And this one opened to 90, only mm -hmm. six million dollars less than the biggest October opener, which is Joker, which is Joker. I mean. That's amazing because, as we've said, Joker is America's biggest movie star. And, you know, Venom, I, I, when I look at these, when I look at these numbers and I look at who went and saw this film, mm -hmm. it's PG-13, which I think was very smart mm -hmm. because this is and after we saw this film, I mentioned this, that I think this film is aimed at. Very young teens. Yeah, you're thinking 14-year-old boys are the, the the absolute bullseye for Venom Let There Be Carnage. Yes, because I think this is this is baby Deadpool. This mm -hmm. is your first step to Deadpool, and then you graduate to Joker. Right. And right. Right. I think this this film hit its demo so hard and so mm -hmm. perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that this is like, I, I, I think they did such an amazing job here of how they made this film, how they re released this film. Now, okay, not how they released this film, because this film should have stayed where it was and come out 
September 24th. And I think it would have done the same amount of business, but it just would mm-hmm. have had another weekend before Bond. Yes, yes. I think that, Sony, we are still taking you to task for moving this around. And you're lucky that people wanted to see this this much, that they followed this around the calendar. Yeah, the, the but, second weekend number for Venom Let There Be Carnage is what's going to be hurt by the release date change. The first weekend, I, I don't think would have been higher or lower, you know, by more than the fraction of uh, of error, you know, than 90 million. Yeah. But I think this is a strong IP. People are loving this character. And and this is this is a this is a franchise that man Sony is is lucky to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, I mean, you talked about Deadpool. It is such a great comparison because it aims for the same type of audience, young, young teen boys, uh, and maybe Deadpool's a little older. But I think the main thing that it it did perfectly is the first movie was was exactly what the audience wanted. They made a movie that the audience loved and they kept the star. And, you know, in as much as Deadpool is is only Ryan Reynolds, I, I don't think you could change course and get yourself a new Deadpool in there anytime in the next couple of movies. It's Ryan Reynolds or bust with Deadpool and it's the same thing with Tom Hardy. You know, Tom Hardy's not someone who has had a lot of other star vehicles that's worked. You know, he's obviously been in big movies. He's been in The Revenant. He was in Inception. You know, he's been a second or third banana. He was in Dark Knight Rises, sort of, you know, under a mask, different voices. But I'll say he was in that movie. Mm-hmm. But this is... The first time where it is Tom Hardy is the guy above the title. He's the star and it's worked. And I think you got to give him a ton of credit because this is a a whacked out performance in the first one. And in this one, he's doing two different voices. He co-wrote this movie. He co-wrote the story of Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I mean, in the same way that Ryan Reynolds co-wrote the Deadpool movies, this is this is Tom Hardy as a movie star and an auteur. So Absolutely, he, yeah, he has ownership of this. Yeah, this this role. Yeah, so he gets a lot of credit, and Sony gets the credit for making sure not to lose him. Because listen, we talked about it a few months ago when Suicide Squad two came out and and ate dirt at the box office. One of the big mistakes was they didn't keep. Will Smith, who was the star of the first one, they didn't get him for the sequel, and that movie tanked at the box office. So if you lose, you know, sometimes these studios get too cute and they they don't keep the star. And mm-hmm. they Sony did not make that mistake. Tom Hardy is back and Venom is Venom is a franchise player now. Venom so is just, a, Yeah, Venom oh, is a go. guy who Venom 3 uh, maybe opens up at 100 million dollars. You know, maybe does Joker money. I, I don't know. But he is he is a player now. Venom is officially a player. Absolutely. And so looking at some post-track percentages here, the 76% positive and 65% def- definite recommend from a gen- general audience, which is uh, really good. But kids under 12, mm-hmm. 88% positive. Wow. 
they loved it. Kids under 12 want there to be carnage. Yeah. They uh, loved what it. What kid wouldn't? What kid does not? I mean, when you're a kid and you got to go to school every day and you got homework until till 8, 9 o'clock at night, and then as soon as you're done with homework, you're told you got to go to sleep. Uh, that's all you want is carnage. And now kids are going to school with masks on. It's even tougher. It's even more more of a, 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 a scenario in which kids are just walking around being like, I wish there was some level of carnage that could be exacted. Uh, this they're, movie is right up their alley. They're... they're before they go to bed at night, they're you know get their pajamas on. They pretend to brush their teeth. They just run the water for a long time, and mm-hmm. you know maybe put a little toothpaste, rub it on their teeth a little bit, and then they get down on their knees by their bed and they say, "Oh, please God, eh, tomorrow just let there be carnage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just yep. a little, just maybe a little. If I'm really good, will you let there be carnage?" Yep, yep, and, and listen. God's not going to do that. He's not going to. He's not going to answer a kid's prayer for carnage. That's that's not what he. That's not what he's focused on. If he exists, which he probably doesn't, but if he did, he's not focused on granting a child's wish for carnage. That though is Venom's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Venom answered those prayers at the box office, and the kids loved it. The teens loved it. The people our age loved it. You know, because we could tap into that inner child to that inner young teen that still yes. wants carnage we don't you know at our age now this is the kind of carnage that we want we want to sit in a comfortable chair preferably reclining have some kind of uh, popcorn that we allow ourselves just once a week because any more than that it's going to start you know really showing on our bodies in a bad way and we want the carnage to be there you know, we, we don't want the carnage in the streets. We don't want the carnage uh, at work. But we we want some level of carnage. And Venom gives us the perfect amount. Also, that perfect amount is a 90 minutes of carnage. That's how long this movie was. And oh, I think perfect, that was huge. Perfect timing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because it's a movie that was just showing constantly. When you make a movie 90 minutes, 90 minutes or 100 minutes, you could squeeze in those extra screenings. That's you know, the big I, thing. Yep. And I don't think enough filmmakers think box office when they are cutting these movies. No. It's funny because we were texting. This was, of course, we we were texting each other about this movie this whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And when we saw the really good Thursday of this film, uh, you were saying, "Could you? do you think it could get to 80? And I was like, oh, I'm thinking 70. But then I was thinking... 90 minutes, more mm-hmm. screenings. Yep. This thing could go higher because of that. Yep. Because most yep. of these superhero movies are two and a half hours long. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Marvel could get away with that because they could just get away with anything at this point. There's such a brand name. People will go see anything that has that MCU stamp. The theaters will gut everything else out and just show the Marvel movies on three different screening rooms. And so they could be uh, uh, bloated. The MCU movies could be too long, which they all are. They're too long, but they're, they, they get that. But most other movies, they suffer from being too long, but not Venom. He knew exactly how much carnage to give us 90 minutes. 
and he lets there be carnage over and over and over all day at the movie theater because you get those extra screenings in. Um, you mentioned Clayton Howe. We were texting this weekend as to how high Venom Let There Be Carnage could go. Because the early estimates based off the Thursday previews made it look like, man, it's going to hit in the 70s. And then over the course of the weekend, man, it could hit 80s. And then just this morning, we got the official final word that it had hit 90 million. And I got to shout out one of our greatest wannabe o boys, wannabe o girls, wannabe o people. People. Austin emailed us, and that's exactly one of the things he 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 points out two things I want to bring up. First, he does point out that feeling of seeing this movie move up throughout the weekend. And the movie that he brings up, of course, is Sony's Bad Boys for Life, which was Bad Boys 3. And how when that opened a couple of years ago, we all got to go on that roller coaster ride of seeing that movie's projections rise throughout the weekend. So he does point out how Venom Let There Be Carnage had a similar feeling throughout the weekend, that that you're just getting updates, you're seeing the number rise, it's increasing your own happiness throughout the weekend. Um, the other thing he does bring up is that the people at Sony, Tom Rothman, they've done a great job keeping the budgets in check on their movies. Because it looks like Venom Let There Be Carnage only cost $110 million, which is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and it, it's, you know, we don't talk about budgets a lot here, but it is one of those things that you that when you see a movie like Suicide Squad bomb as hard as it did. And the then Suicide the, Squad. The Suicide Squad. Because, of course, Suicide Squad with Will Smith was a huge hit. The Suicide Squad this past summer was a giant bomb and it also cost like 200 million dollars which makes yeah. it even more of a disaster and these sony movies they do a good job the other one that he he points out austin points out is those jumanji movies with the rock and kevin hart their budgets were 90 million and 120 and they both made hundreds of million domestic so big tip of the cap to sony for how they handled the opening of Venom, how they kept the runtime at 90 minutes, and how they kept the budget at around $100 million. Just just an incredible victory for Sony and Venom. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's just cause to celebrate, and I'm very excited, and yeah. box office is back. And, you know, the next couple weekends, we're going to be looking at, you know, your number one, number two, and your number three movies are going to be making in the tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so this past weekend, the number two movie was, well, let's, I mean, let's get to this one. The number two movie this weekend was the Adams Family 2, the animated Adams Family series. And this movie made $17.3 million dollars. In its opening weekend, but it also, this was a day and date, so it also was available same day on Paramount Plus, right? No, this was PVOD. PVOD, right, right, right. That's right. Because this is a, is this also a Sony movie? This is United Artists. Adam's Family 2. So Adam's Family 2, we don't have the numbers for what it did on PVOD in its opening weekend, 
but it made $17 million while it was also available at home. Kids movies have had a bit more of a ceiling in this sort of post-pandemic time. And that is, I mean, that is a huge number for a number two movie right now. This is the this is the best one-two punch that we have seen since the box office reopened in the spring. Now, the original, the, well, not the well, the Adams Family animated film, the first one, made thirty million opening, and we were right. shocked by that. Right. So there was a this you know the PVOD did cut into this, but like we said. Uh, we we're going to give people a little bit right now because of the situation with the under 12s. Although the under 12s went out and saw Venom, let there be carnage. So that's probably the bigger thing that kept. I think there's a few reasons why Adam's family Two did 17 as opposed to the 30 that the first one did. I think, First of all, sure, the the pandemic has made the kids' movies, the real kids' kids' movies, have a lower ceiling than they used to have. I think the other thing is that there was a newness factor to that first Adams Family cartoon that this one was never going to have. I don't think, even in totally normal times, this Adams Family 2 would have made as much as the last one did. You know, yes. you look at that original live action Adams Family series in the 90s, the sequel, Adams Family Values, made way less than the first movie. And I think there is a, I think when you're rebooting the Adams Family, there is a uniqueness that first time you see it. And then when you try and do it another year or two later, people are like, uh, all right, I get it. It's, you know, it's not. This is, to me, not a, a, a IP that is going to have a big, long franchise to it. I think it's just going to be a series of reboots. Well, when you see the original Animal Family movies, the first one did really well, was not a great movie. Second one, Animal Family Values, great movie. But again, they all anybody wanted was one Adams Family movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think with the Adams Family property, it's more like every generation give them one Adams Family, and then they're be then they're good. I, I don't <laughs> think this is a Hotel Transylvania situation where people want three, four of these in a row. I think they yes. need a break from the Adams Family. I think you need t- fifteen to twenty year breaks in between your Adams Family reboots, but reboot it forever, like. They should make Adam's Family movies long after the B.O. boys have passed from this uh, this earth. But only one. But only one. One and every then, 20 years. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, and then and, do a pilot for a TV show and let that just fail. One episode. Yeah. It's one movie in one episode. Yep. Yep. Which is, it's worth having that kind of IP. You know, in this day and age when Disney has almost everything... Adam's family is still a worthwhile IP. You just you just have to do it once every 15 years with failed pilots in between. And again, I think the budgets on these things are pretty low. The production budget on the first one was only $24 million, which is mm-hmm. very low for an animated film. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that you did hint at here that was probably the third issue for the Adam's family too 
It's just that Venom ended up being the movie that the young kids wanted to see more. Gobbled, gobbled, gobbled all of them up. Yep. Ven- I mean, Venom means way more to a young child or to a tween in 2021 than Gomez Adams does. It's just, it is what it is. It is what well, it is. Venom's well, we- tongue means more than, uh, uh, than Cousin It. And it's hair. And, and kids in that early kind of adolescence, their friends become their family. And Venom mm-hmm. is about how your best friend is basically you're you're uh, you're you can't be separated from your best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eddie Brock and Venom are best friends. They're connected at the hip. That is what a lot of kids are with their best friends. And the Adams family represents their family. Right. They want to get away from their family. They want to hang out with their friends. Right. So you can see why Venom would trump the Adams family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's funny how when we there was that time when the Adams family two and Hotel Transylvania four were maybe going to open up on the same date until yep. Hotel Transylvania got sold to be a, a Amazon Prime release. Which and it's still not dated. Did you, it's still not dated? And Halloween is coming up. Where is where is Hotel Transylvania? Uh, uh, th- that one is a, is a total disaster. How they've handled that property. They didn't get Sandler back. They uh, put it up against the Adams family. They sold it to Amazon, which is the biggest streaming graveyard that there is. Mm-hmm. Hotel Transylvania Four has become a, a disaster. We'll follow it. We'll see where it crashes. We'll, we'll, you know, try and identify the bodies by the original uh, seating plan and we'll let you know. But it's a disaster. But there was a time in which Hotel Transylvania 4, Adams Family 2 were going to open the same date. And everyone said, that's mutually assured destruction. That's a suicide pact because they're too similar. And you look at the way things shook out. And it ended up being Adam's Family 2 and Venom Let There Be Carnage opened on the same date. And listen, Adam's Family 2, again, did $17 million. This is pretty good. But Venom 2 probably ended up being much tougher competition for the same audience than they ever bargained for. Absolutely. Especially with that under 12 number, how, how psyched they were to see Venom. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Venom speaks to the kids of today. He gives them the carnage they want. Gomez Adams and Morticia, for all the, you know, uh, uh, double entendres and how they're always having sex with each other and how they uh, they like pain and they maybe they're okay with people getting killed, all that stuff. They're still, I think, in 2021, they're not cool. Venom's cool because he does carnage, because he's got the long tongue, because like we talked about last week, Venom's in memes. I'm not seeing a lot of memes out on social media with Morticia, with Gomez. I'm not seeing any memes out there with uh, Uncle Fester. Almost no. Well, you know, and you know, the thing is, they still got a mortgage, this Adams family. Right. Kids right. don't want to know about that. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Venom, he, he, I mean, Venom, he lives in an apartment and it's covered in pizza boxes and it's covered in filth, and he's constantly smashing holes in his own wall. It's that a dream is what kids', kids apartment. Want. Yep, yep. That's what kids want. Kids don't want to hear about 
Gomez telling Uncle Fester, yeah, we have a guest room, but I got a lot of boxes in there. Me and Morticia will clear it out, and then you could stay in the guest room. You know, by the way, could you kick in a little something, whatever you put in while you're staying here, we could put towards the mortgage. Kids don't want to hear that. No. They don't want to hear that. They want carnage. So, so speaking of mm-hmm. something nobody wanted. Yes. Number four, The Many Saints of Newark, a.k.a. Sopranos movie. 4.6. This thing, the opposite of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, kept on dropping. At first, mm-hmm. they were saying $7 million. Mm-hmm. And we said, because we saw this movie, HBO Max, we watched it Friday night. Mm-hmm. And we said, after we watched this movie, we said $7 million, No way. No way. No, no way, way $7 million worth of people go see this film in the theaters. And we were right, 4.6. And that is higher than it should be. This is much higher. This speaks to the power of 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 Tony Soprano, uh, of the the love for that character. That even four point six million dollars worth of tickets were sold for this movie. Just at the 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 hint that there'd be some kind of Tony Soprano ness that you'd get to see. Because this was, uh, I mean, this was a god. We watched this, and we don't, again, we don't critique movies on the show. But this was a god awful movie. This was this was the disaster. This was community theater level impersonations of some of the beloved characters from The Sopranos. Uh, uh, the the person who did Silvio did a young Silvio in this movie. I. Cannot imagine the horror of seeing that performance on a large screen. I thank yes. God. I thank God, not for giving us carnage, but I thank God for steering me towards watching this film on a small screen. Because if I had seen the uh, uh, the grotesque that was this performance uh, of Sil- young Silvio, if I'd seen that on a large screen or God forbid an IMAX, I would have been sick. Yeah, I, I, it's it, like we aren't a critical podcast. This isn't no. about critiquing movies. The reason we're mentioning this because we're both huge Sopranos fans. Mm-hmm. Love the show. I think we would say of the dramas, best drama series ever. Yes, I would agree. I would and agree. the problem with this film is that it does not serve the hardcores. And it is unintelligible for anybody who has not seen The Sopranos. This movie, I could not imagine somebody who's never watched The Sopranos watching this movie and getting anything out of it. I I would love to hear what that experience is even like. You know, if you are a wannabe old boy, wannabe old girl, wannabe old person. Person. Who's listening to this right now and somehow you have never seen The Sopranos, which I guess is possible based on age and based on, you know, access to cable TV in the 90s and early 2000s. It's possible. If you have not seen this show, I would love for you to watch The Many Saints of Newark. And this is an experiment. You're not going to I'm not saying this. I would love for you to watch this because I'm trying to give you a good two hours of your day. I'm saying as it experiment i would love for you to watch this movie 
and let us know what that is even like, what you understand, what you think is happening, whether you could follow who these people are, why they look the way they look, why they eat what they eat. Tell like, I just don't know what that experience could even be like if you haven't seen The Sopranos and then you try and watch this many Saints of Newark. It's got to be such a complete acid trip. It It's funny because a couple of weeks ago we were together and we decided to watch a YouTube video mm-hmm. of a playthrough of The Sopranos video game, The Road to Respect. Yes. And... We were laughing at first, and then, admittedly, we got into it because yeah. it's Sopranos. Yeah, and it's a two-and-a-half-hour YouTube video where someone plays through the entire infamously bad Sopranos video game. We we probably watched 45 minutes of it. I would say we watched the first 20 or 25 minutes, and then we cut straight to watching the last 20 or 25 minutes of the ending. That's how and, we end up watching it. To, to, and also the, uh, to be honest, we did not spend two and a half hours, but we did spend almost 45 or 50 minutes watching this video game playthrough. And also calling it a playthrough, it's it's kind of a misnomer because this video game is, you're not really even playing it. You're just pressing buttons and watching cutscenes. Yes. But I, I, I made the, the joke that wouldn't it be funny if instead of, uh, the Many Saints of Newark dropping on HBO Max on Friday. They accidentally dropped the playthrough of Road to Respect on mm-hmm. there. Ha mm-hmm. ha, tee hee. Right. And you know what? That would have been infinitely better. Yes. And I'm not saying that to goof. We don't We do not do goofs. This isn't a bit. No. I, I honestly believe that the playthrough of the Sopranos video game Road to Respect is a more enjoyable experience than The Many Saints of Newark. And it pains me to say that because I love The Sopranos. I want success for David Chase. I want th- I want this IP to, to thrive and continue. But with qu- with the, the quality of this film, I really do think you just need to let it go. Because yeah. we have seasons. We have Six seasons, seven seasons, however you want to count them, because there's mm-hmm. two season sixes, two parts. Let that just stand for what it is. Mm-hmm. You, d- don't add anything else to it, please. No, they should have stopped at the video game. They should have stopped at the video game and let Road to Respect and the 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 uh, the playthrough that appears on YouTube, the two and a half hour playthrough. Let that have been the the de facto Sopranos movie because that video game playthrough on YouTube it features all the voices of the original cast so yeah. Tony Soprano and and Paulie Walnuts and Christopher they're not the stars of the game there is a created lead character that we follow through this this game and this playthrough but they appear very frequently throughout so. That video game, that Road to Respect video game playthrough on YouTube, you're getting, I would say, a much higher quality of acting than you are in this movie in which you're following a a different lead character, but you're also following just the younger versions of the main characters played by actors in, in, in just, again, community theater level 
performances and 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 wig work. I mean, that Silvio toupee is the stuff of nightmares. And again, no, spoiler, type- spoiler. You, you, you spoiled it that we f- we f- we find out the origin of 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 Silvio's toupee. I, I see. Normally, that, that's not a spoiler. That's a warning because you don't want to see this. This will that's make that's a you warning Ill. without the spoiler. Yes, that will make this will make you ill. Seeing it in the theater, I think, would have legitimately made me ill in a way that if I had gone to a movie theater and watched the two and a half hour playthrough of the video game Sopranos: Road to Respect, I would not have enjoyed it, but I would not have been ill the way that watching Many Saints of Newark on a big screen, I think, would have would have made me. I mean, you talked about this as a franchise. I think this box office, the reception to this movie, I think it completely kills the idea that The Sopranos is some kind of IP that could possibly be continued. You can't go yeah. back to the well of a prequel. This really killed off any desire, I think, to see young the adventures of young Tony Soprano. And obviously you can't do a sequel because James Gandolfini is passed and I don't think any of the other cast wants to do it. Yeah. So there's no IP here. You know, The Sopranos was what it was. It was a TV show. It's not an IP. And well, I- and, and a, a comp here would be the Entourage movie, which came out mm-hmm. in 2015, mm-hmm. opened to 10 million and only made $32 million domestic. This obviously Sopranos is going to make way less than that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just these these things should these are the things that should be on your streamers. Right. HBO Max, not Matrix 4. The yes. continuation uh, or prequel of Sopranos or the Entourage movie or like the Deadwood movie, those should be in in uh, on HBO Max or like we said, put it out on the Friday uh, in theaters, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Sunday night, you drop the Sopranos movie and you would have made the the entire run that you're going to make in these next couple weeks yeah. because the diehards will go because it's an event. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it is a testament to just how popular that show was that you even got $4.6 million worth of money of people showing up to see this with this terrible title, the many saints of Newark. I mean, a terrible title, terrible uh, Newark, is you know it's it's not a city that's going to be a draw within the title of a movie many saints is both pretend is is just pretentious and long it's one of the worst titled movies one of the worst wigged movies i've ever seen uh overall it's it's such a disaster to the point where i do think on some level david chase the creator of the sopranos made this as a prank or at least made this as an FU to his fans, you know, made this as a way of killing the franchise. So he doesn't have to make more of these. That's yeah. That's, stop bugging me. Let me yeah. make other things. Yeah. Yeah. So on that level, I would say then this is a success, David Chase, because $4.6 million, you're not going to have to make more Sopranos movies ever again. You, you got, you got that assignment taken off your, your, you know, taken off of you forever. 
So let's let's get off the Sopranos movie and mm-hmm. let's 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 look let's look forward. Yes. Let's look higher. higher. Because the next big blockbuster coming on the heels of Venom. James Bond, No Time to Die, 007. Wow. Here we go. Wow. Right? It's it, it, listen. Strap in, everyone. Mm-hmm. October is going to be a month to remember. This will be the month where you know box office is back. We're going to be talking about, you know, tens of millions of dollars every weekend. It's mm-hmm. it's it's going to be sick in a good way. Mm-hmm. So we've got no time to die, and funny enough, I I I did not even think about this, but the 2015 Spectre comes out. And now here we are in 2021, after many delays, we're going to finally get no time to die. Bond was the first to flee Mm -hmm. when the uh, coronavirus uh, started to spread. Mm -hmm. And now I think, though, it fell in a perfect time, although it is the biggest gap between 007 movies since 1989's The Living Daylights and GoldenEye in 95. Wow. Which is surprising because, I mean, there wouldn't have been that gap because of, you know, if Corona didn't happen. But I didn't realize that it would it was going to be that long between the, the movies. And so there's an anticipation here. This is Daniel Craig's last Bond I mean, he always says it, but I think it definitely is. And they're playing this up that way. Mm -hmm. And this film has done really well overseas. And I know we don't talk domestic. I mean, I know we talk domestic. We don't talk um, foreign. But it's looking really good foreign. And it's looking on pace to be like Skyfall, which was a billion-dollar baby. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Huge pre-sales for this. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's looking like, you know, we all said we think Venom's going to be the biggest. And, you know, Bond has a shot here. Bond has a shot at over 90. I mean, that, that, would, be, that would be incredible. I mean, you, looking at the last two Bond movies as a comp, you got Spectre in, would you say that was 2015? 2015. November 2015 opened at $70 million, also in November. And you got Skyfall, which came out in 2012, November. Wow, also November. So Bond really does love this month. So in November, uh, uh, Skyfall came out, made $88.3 million. So there was a drop down to 70 for Spectre, which was a movie that people liked a lot less for sure. Yes. And so Bond definitely can hit those heights. You know, Skyfall is on the high end of what Bond has done domestically in its opening. So 88 million is is very high end Bond, which is why I feel like 90 is going to be tough. I mean, the thing to talk about with Bond always is the audience. You know, the audience for Venom, we've talked about, skewed very young, huge with kids, teenagers, young adults. It was a movie like we talked about, really catches that young person's desire for carnage in a PG-13 way. 
Bond is for the oldsters mm-hmm. at its core. Not the oldest oldsters, not 90-year-old people, but for the over dads, 35s. Yes, for dads. Those are oldsters. I guess then, yeah, I guess you could consider people over 35 oldsters in some way, but, the you know, uh, sure. So the thing is... Don't get offended. Don't get offended, Pat. Don't get offended. Millennials no. always get offended about being called old. Over 35 is old. I, I agree. Over 35 is oldsters. If you're listening to this and you're over 35, the box office officially considers you an oldster, which is okay. But it's fine. Can Bond, if it wants to hit 90, you know, if it wants to hit Venom money, it can't just be for the oldsters. It's going to have to get not tweens. It's not going to get tweens, but it's got to get teens. It's got to get college kids. Got to get people in their 20s who are getting their F on over the weekend to take a break and go see this Bond movie. So that is going to be what determines whether it hits 90. I think something it has going in its favor is people love Knives Out. I think Daniel Craig's cool factor and his star power actually has gotten a little bump in the last few years from being the star of Knives Out. So I think that helps. I think that's a younger skewing movie than the Bond franchise and probably a pretty popular movie the last few years. So I think that helps. And I think the anticipation helps just in general, making this feel like more of an event than a normal, you know, fifth Bond movie in the Craig series would be. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's not, like you said, it's not just another Bond movie. It's the final Daniel Craig Bond movie. Mm -hmm. Phoebe Waller-Bridgers wrote this film. Mm -hmm. Another thing that's going to give the youngsters, or not necessarily the very young youngsters, but the people in their 20s who mm-hmm. like Fleabag, they will come out. Yeah. And th- so the the demographic that is the, that other than the oldster oldsters, which would be your 60s, 70s people like that, the art house crowd, right? Mm-hmm. The people who are staying away from theaters in larger numbers are women over 35. Interesting. And so can bond bring in the women over 35 because if they can bring if he can bring back the women over 35 you can get to 90 in this film in this mm-hmm. in, with this movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if they stay away then most likely it's not going to make 90 mm-hmm. so and the, but mm-hmm. but i do think no matter what i mean it's tracking right now the tracking has gone up and it's from anywhere 70 to 95 million. Wow. And I I would say I'm going to say well cuz I cuz Venom's so strong. Mm-hmm. I can't say that this is going to do more than Venom. But I will say that it's going to make around 82, which would mm-hmm. be a little bit under Skyfall, but it would be way over Spectre. And I think that's where this movie is going to hit. I agree. I see it in the 80s. I think Venom last week also did it a huge service by just, you know, and there's been big hits this summer. But Venom hitting 90 is a real 
you know, call out to everyone to remind them again, theaters are back, theaters are safe. You know, people, numbers make people feel safe and, and seeing that 90 million, I think makes people feel safe. And it tells everyone again, and this is, I think, what's big for the teens and for the the, the people in their 20s, going to the movies is cool right now. The theaters yes. are cool. It's an event. We got a party happening over there. You know, Venom's the guy that you use in your memes. He's in theaters. He's telling you to come hang out. You come hang out. You know that that's going on. And while you're there, why not go see Bond? So I think Venom is doing a real service by getting a lot of people in the door last weekend. And now that they're in the door, why not stay and see Bond? Do you remember just to do you remember that there was talk of selling this film to a streamer? Jesus. To Netflix? Jesus. I do remember that. I do remember How that. How disgusting. And we were debating about whether or not that that would tarnish the brand. Mhm. And I think now that we have more of a vision of what what is where movies should live, it absolutely would tarnish this brand. I mean, mm-hmm. like we just talked about Hotel Transylvania 4. That is the fact that it's going to be on Amazon tarnishes that brand. That is bargain basement brand. That yep. is I get that with my I get that with my toilet paper subscription mm-hmm. brand. Yeah. The fact that this is an exclusive two theaters no day and date last James Bond Daniel Craig movie is an event. And it should be in theaters, and that's where it should live. And it's good mm-hmm. that they held on to this movie and made sure to roll it out the way they're rolling it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I think they're going to get rewarded. I think, I think there is no scenario at this point in which this movie underperforms. And the thing is, Spectre made seventy million. So a few weeks ago, we would have looked at this Bond movie. No Time to Die as being a success hitting 50 or 60 million domestic. If it had finished a little under the opening weekend of Spectre, everyone would have signed up for that. And I'd say at this point, we're looking at a movie that's going to open bigger than Spectre. I think it will for sure go over 70 or over and has a chance at being in the 80s. So this is this is going to be a huge victory lap for United Artists for making the decision to not sell it, to not go day and date. And it's going to keep Bond as a valuable IP in the future. It doesn't it doesn't turn this into a, a huge problem down the line where you try and bring it back to theaters after having streamed one of the movies. You so know? so here's here's a question then. So mm-hmm. We think this makes more than Shang-Chi at 75, right? I think so. I think the theaters are just even more hopping. And you could thank Shang-Chi for that, too. You know, Shang-Chi, man, when the history books, which, you know, the B.O. boys will probably end up writing, when the history books of this era in box office is written, Shang-Chi and Free Guy get a lot of credit for keeping these fall movies from moving. Because Free Guy and Shang-Chi having those big runs in August and September, that's what, you know, 
there's a world in which Shang-Chi opens up low in September and they finally do move Bond to a streamer. You know, that that yeah. is a that is a dimension in which some people are living. We're not living in that dimension. But Shang-Chi's success really paved the way for both Bond staying and for people being more excited to go to theaters. Yeah, Shang-Chi, I mean, famously Bob Chapik referred to it as an exper- uh, experiment. And I would refer to it as a savior. Yes, yes. A savior. And listen, and it maybe it was an experiment, but there's experiments that go really well. There's experiments that go poorly, you know, and blow up the lab or get loose and and then things go haywire and there's a lot of problems with with certain experiments but there's experiments where you're like the end of the experiment we created something great and paved the way for a better future and the 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 experiment quote unquote of releasing Shang-Chi without a day and date streamer it paid off because the movie was a huge hit and it I think calmed a lot of fears for these studios for their big fall releases. And also Labor Day. Right. Right. Now Shang-Chi Yeah, Shang-Chi's turned Labor Day into possibly just a, a big weekend for the future. But So it's a, it's a pivotal film. It's yeah, a pivotal it's film a pivotal in box film. office history. Mhm. Yeah, so No so, Time to Die, I do think ends up opening bigger than Shang-Chi. Uh, it'll be close because No Time to Die, I think, even if it opens in the 70s, is still a big success. What do you think? Do you think it beats Black Widow, which would be 80? You know what? I mean, right now I'm with you. I feel like this, the buzz for this, you could really feel it. And mm-hmm. I think the the buzz for going back to the box office is really high after venom last weekend so i do agree with you this is like low 80s i don't think it'll hit venom i don't think there's enough kids who are gonna go see it and i i don't know if you could get to 90 without the the tweens and the teens you know going in a giant way but i do think 80s is is where it'll end up great yeah yeah well so what do you think for top fives here? I mean, top five, I think what's great about this top five is you're going to have two movies at the top with just gigantic numbers next to them next weekend. So I think number one, of course, is No Time to Die, the Bond movie. And That's a slam doink. Slam doink. It makes in, in you know, 80 million, most likely. Number two is going to be Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which I would think is going to make around $40 million in its second weekend. You know, and the buzz it, is so good for this film as well. Buzz is so good. A 50% drop would be $45 million, so you figure a higher drop than that. It's, you know, high 30s or 40. And I think the thing that's going to be great for Venom, Let There Be Carnage is the teen and tween audience they're the ones who go see things over and over again. And we haven't had that type of movie yet. And I think this is going to be that type of movie where like next week, the kid who saw Venom last weekend, he's had a rough week, a lot of homework, dog ate his homework. 
This is what he said, but he didn't. Ju- he just didn't do it. Dog ate his homework. Rough week. Got detention. And that kid on Friday, you know, you know what that kid's gonna say? I gotta go see Venom again. I I need that carnage. I need that hit of carnage again. And that and kid's and gonna go a what? sec. What? Well, the only place he can see it. Theater. Yep. Yep. So I I think Venom Let There Be Carnage is gonna be. A movie that gets big repeat business the next few weeks. So that's number two for sure. I mean, is there anything else opening this weekend aside from the Bond movie? No, man. They're still that's respect for Bond. All limited. So a Lamb comes out that the A twenty four movie that won't mean anything in the box office. Um, so then I think it's, I do think it's just Bond, and then it pushes everything back. You know, it'll be uh, No Time to Die 1, Venom 2, Adam's Family 3. Curious to see if Adam's Family drops into single digits off of the 17 million opening or if it has a great hold and actually makes 10 million. Probably drops into single digits. Four will be Shang-Chi. And then, so right now... Uh, many Saints of Newark came in four last weekend. I think it's going to drop like a stone. Here's my thought. I think number five is Free Guy. I think Free Absolutely. Guy hops over Dear Evan Hansen and hops over Many Saints of Newark and lands at number five. And I'll tell you what. I am going to be so excited if next weekend we're talking about a top five that is Bond, then Venom, then Adam's Family, then Shang-Chi, and then Free Guy. I think that is just a beautiful lineup. It's one of those lineups of movies that I would love to have in like a family portrait, you know, to see Free Guy, Shang-Chi, uh, Bon, Venom, and even the Adams family all just get together because I think they are very important films for this box office time. So I actually am really excited to see Free Guy go back into that top five, get next to Shang-Chi. I think it's a really fitting uh, uh, lineup. But Many Saints yeah. is, is just going to fall off the face of the earth. They're, they're going to... I mean, listen, Many Saints in Newark is is going to be dumped in the East River. Yes. I, I have to agree with you. The only thing I could maybe see happening is a Adams Family 2 big, big drop. And you've got Shang-Chi overtaking it. That, that would be flop is that would be such that, a huge drop. And that's the thing, is like I don't see that happening, but that's the only thing that I could say differently than you, because there's no way Dear Evan Hansen staying at five mm-hmm. with two point four. Many Saints, like you said, it's it's sleeping with the fishes. So Candyman's not making enough to make five. So I do think that that's the, the top five is gonna be Bond Venom. Adam's Family 2, Shang-Chi, and then Free Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, is going to be really nice. Also, people out there, when I said many saints to Newark in the East River, obviously, Jersey should be in the Hudson River. But East River is, uh, that's still where you dump your bodies. So Yeah, you should, can make a little bit of a schlep to do that. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Do it right. Dump that movie in the East River. Um. As far as anything we've talked about, I just want to get one more. We got a email from one of our favorite wannabe-o boys, wannabe-o girls, wannabe-o people. People. 
uh, Adam from the Stacks. Just wanted to point out, and I won't say what it is, that that stinger at the end of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, is going to be huge, going to mean a lot, was very exciting, like we talked about. And good to see that Adam from the Stacks got himself out to a movie theater in the Stacks, got to witness that stinger with people. Now, of course, Adam from the Stacks, he's been back in the theaters since the days of Tenant. So he, he's he's been just feeding off of that energy from the crowd since, you know, way before Vax's, way before uh, uh, Tom and Jerry. So good, good to see yeah. that Adam from the Stacks is still out there, got to experience that Venom Let There Be Carnage stinger. Way to go. He, he got his, he, he must have gotten his horse dewarmer earlier than mm-hmm. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think there are some theaters in the stacks where they were, they were putting that uh, in the popcorn way back in uh, November of 2020. And not because they knew it would do anything good. They just like, it was cheaper than butter. Yes, yes. Well, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, how the companies try out different flavors in in certain areas so uh, mm-hmm. he just got got lucky that in his area of the stacks they were trying out horsey warmer as a as a flavoring uh a way topping. back last year yeah so he's all set and that that's good to hear um so yeah and adam great to hear from you uh thank you so much mm-hmm. Um, real quick before we go, though, we do we do have some sad news, mm-hmm. and you were speaking of the tenant times, and you know we, we're not going to talk too much about this because it's not a hundred percent, but rumor has it that Solstice Studios, um, the studio behind Unhinged, which is a movie that's also very was very in- integral to the theaters reopening, uh, I think about a year ago, maybe more, right? Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, Unhinged would have come out in late August or mid August of 2020. It was, of course, the the famous uh, uh, canary in the coal mine ahead of Tenet. Yeah. Um, and it looks like Solstice is um, going to be no more after they release a film name uh, called Hypnotic in 2020, which is is fully funded and is going to be released. But uh, it just it, it, it was too beautiful for the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, Solstice, you'll always have a place in our heart for releasing Unhinged. Uh, our first movie, not back in the theater, but our first movie in public at a drive-in, perfect mm-hmm. drive-in movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we do write the book of the history of this time, mm-hmm. Unhinged will have a chapter and so will and so will Solstice. Uh, you know, by proxy. So, yeah. So, so we do urge Solstice Studios. And I know when you, when you, when you start, you know, closing up a company, you, your first reaction is to shred everything, burn everything, delete everything, break all the servers, which makes sense, which makes sense. But yeah. maybe set aside some documents in a box, market BO boys, because, We'd love to uh, to give the full picture of Salsa Studios when we write the book of this era of box office. We want to give you your due. So listen, delete the most incriminating stuff, of course. Shred the things that would, you know, put you in prison. But save some info. Get ready to talk to the BO boys because Salsa Studios and what they did with Unhinged, it deserves to 
live forever, even if Salsa Studios itself will not. And these mid-budget, small-budget thrillers, you know, it's like we love these things and we want them to be in the theater, you know, and it's just it just doesn't look like it's economically feasible. And, and this was a COVID casualty, and which is sad. So, like you said, let us let us see, let us see, let us let us see. We'll 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 do you right. Yeah. You know, we'll tell the truth. We'll tell yeah. the truth. Yeah. We're we'll not going to sugarcoat anything, but yeah. but it, we're going to come from a place of respect. We're not here to bury you. We're here to celebrate you, Solstice. Yes, yes. We're here to put you in a mausoleum. And yes, when we first found out that the name of this studio was Solstice Studios, I think you said famously that it sounds like a yoga studio that mm-hmm. uh, closed, and not because of COVID, but because of uh, financial mismanagement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it turns out that it may have been a little of both, who knows. But until we get the paperwork, we don't know. But, right. you know, uh, w- you know, I'm sure you're sorry you said that. I am. I am. And, and that's why I say just don't shred everything. Don't shred what you need to shred, but don't shred everything. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I think that is the that's pretty much everything we want to cover. I mean, you know, what? we'll hit on this more in the weeks leading up to it. But just a little tease of a campaign that the B.O. boys are going to be pushing the next few weeks, few months, however long it takes. Or I guess at least until February when this movie is scheduled to come out. But Jackass Forever was a Mm -hmm. movie that was supposed to be coming out this November from Paramount. Supposed to be a theatrical release. No, actually, it was supposed to come out in October, right? End of October was the release date for Jackass Forever. On the schedule as of a few months ago, then Paramount, of course, shifted everything. They moved moved the Top Gun sequel, Top Gun Maverick, out of 2021 into next year. They moved Mission Impossible from next May to next fall and they moved jackass forever from this november to february 2022 and clayton and i have been talking about how you look at these numbers for shang chi you look at these numbers for free guy you look at the numbers for venom and it becomes especially venom especially venom but i would say if they had just waited to see what shang chi opened with which they made all these moves four days before shang chi's opening weekend and it's very clear Paramount uh, moved too early. And I think especially with Jackass. You know, I kind of still, I get that Top Gun Maverick, it's an international play. They're still worried about international markets, all that. But Jackass Forever is such a clear domestic play. We've talked about how the longer you push this movie out, there's always the chance that you know, Chris Party Boy Pontius falls off a roof. Steve-O puts the wrong thing up his butt and explodes. And they're not there for the opening weekend. So it's a, it's a real mistake that they've moved these. Because it's obvious Jackass Forever would have had a, a huge opening weekend if it came out the end of this month. So all that said, Clayton, we're starting a campaign. We want to try and get paramount to rescind his decision and to bring jackass forever back to 2021 what is the hashtag that we are urging our listeners to start using on social media 
Hashtag jackass back. Hashtag jackass back. And, you know, explain that when you use the hashtag in whether it's a tweet, an Instagram post, TikTok, whatever it is you use. At Paramount, let them know that you want this movie to be moved back to 2021. Use the hashtag, hashtag jackass back. And at the members of the, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of important members of this uh, uh, cast who are on social media. So when you send out these tweets at Johnny Knoxville, at Steve-O, at Steve, uh, uh, Chris Partyboy Pontius, at Wee Man. Preston Lacey. You got to You got to at Preston, Preston Lacey. At, you know at the new people, at poop, poop, poopies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Preston Lacey is someone who is gettable. I'm sure he wants this movie out quickly because I'm sure he is always going to be unsure about where he'll be, you know, months down the line. And if Preston Lacey is able to go to Paramount and, and show them a handful of tweets and, uh, and, and of other social media posts, and, you know, Preston Lacey's able to print him out. He goes down to Kinko's, shows them his phone. Somehow they they figure out how to print these out. The Kinko's guy is took him a long, takes him a while, but he figures out how to print tweets off of Preston Lacey's phone. And then Preston Lacey is able to take those down to Paramount. Or, you know, he takes those to Wee Man, who takes those to Johnny Knoxville, and Johnny Knoxville takes those to Paramount. You might be able to get something done. But the now, only way it's yeah. going to happen is we got to get we got to get this going on social media. We got to get Jackass back going and we got to at least get it to Preston Lacey, he'll get it to Wee Man, he'll get it to Johnny Knoxville, he'll get it to Paramount. Do you think the hashtag should be cuz we are throwing two around. Okay. Do you think the hashtag should be Jackass Forever Now? Because because that's more of an actionable, mm-hmm. like, we want it now. Okay. What right. do you think? All right, let's We're change We're doing it. this on the fly, but, like, Jackass Forever Now would be, I think, very impactful. You know what? It's a raw feed. Fuck it. We're doing it live. So hashtags change in the moment. That's Changing the, the hashtag. That's the hashtag. So... Course correction, which is exactly what we're asking Paramount to do, is to make a course correction. You know, showing that you can make a decision and then you could uh, flip-flop to make a better decision. So the hashtag is Jackass Forever Now. That's the hashtag to use when you're adding all these cast members, when you're adding the Paramount pictures on social media and you're demanding that they move Jackass Forever to 2021. Hashtag Jackass Forever now. And also, have facts. Mm-hmm. Tell them why, because it is a business. Mm-hmm. So tell them why. Yes. Why do you want it back? Because you're part of the demo that goes to the theaters. These teens, you're seeing these teens who went and saw Venom will go see Jackass Forever. Mm-hmm. Okay? You need to, they need to have actual solid facts as to why because we're not just saying it because we want to see it huh because of course we want to see it but right. that's not what it is we know that it will do bafa bobo if it comes out now right right 
And that's what we want. We want this movie to make money. This is for you, Paramount. This is for you to rake in the dough now. Right. The money is sitting there. Just take it. Just, just take it. Just take it. And and people, I think the best way to go is you point them towards the B.O. boys because the B.O. boys could make that case in plain language, backed with facts, backed with comparisons, backed with historical analysis. And we're the ones who could talk to party boy Chris Pontius, who could talk to Preston Lacey, who could... And then, you know, this is where it counts. We're the ones who could talk to Johnny Knoxville, talk to the heads of Paramount Pictures and show them why they could make way more money now if they just get Jackass Forever into theaters in the next month or so. Absolutely. And, you know, and that starts now. That starts now. Jackass Forever now. We're going to be we're going to be banging this drum week after week, and I have faith in our wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people. People. That they could make the noise out there to make this happen. Hashtag it, jackass forever now. If we could get this movie back on its release date in October, October 22nd against Dune, taking down Dune, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. I'd settle for November. Yeah. And December would be great. But yeah. if we can get this back at its original date in October, I think it could take down Dune. Yeah. I, I think October 29th, that Halloween weekend, is such a great, great slot for Jackass Forever. Yeah. I think that weekend would just be, uh, 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 and I'm not talking about buying costumes and wigs here, that weekend would be Party City if you get Jackass mm. Forever onto that October 29th slot. So that I think that's that's a great one, but like you said, anything in this in this calendar year is the way to go cuz people want this movie, people are ready for this movie. The cast is still physically able to do the press junkets, which the longer you wait, the 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 tougher that that becomes. So Jackass Forever now, let's do it. Listeners, get out there on your social media, send emails, send snail mails, use social, but let's make some noise. Yeah. And Pat, I, I think there's, where can they find us? Where can they send us emails? You can email us at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. I mean, we've been getting some amazing emails talking about people's experiences in the theaters, talking about their analysis at the box office. Uh, and, and we love reading them. We love, you know, when we get a chance talking about them on air. So email us the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, check out our Substack and also clubhouse. Gotta get on clubhouse. Brandon Gray has the box office revival and you know what? It's working. Yeah. Yeah. So go on there, talk on clubhouse and be part of a community that's, exclusively talking about B.O. Yeah. Because it's back. It's back. It ain't going nowhere. What a, what a great name he picked, Box Office Revival. It's He knows. He's ahead of the curve. The yeah. good Brendan, I mean, listen, creator of Box Office Mojo, this guy knows Box Office. Yeah. And he knows branding because that is, that is just a great name. Way to go. Um, Clayton, I think we did it. 
We absolutely did it, and I don't think there's anything left to say except for until next time. We'll we'll smell smell you you at the the box box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.